This is Mark Johnson, Life Transformation Through Goal Achievement Coach, with another episode of my podcast, Snap Yourself Into a New Reality. Today, I have the distinct honor and privilege of speaking to one of my favorite alumni coaching clients, Herb Grant. Herb, thanks for sitting for this conversation with me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about being here. Awesome. And by the way, listeners, today's interview is going to be about 30 minutes. Most of my episodes are between three to five minutes, so we're going to have a long conversation today, but I think you're going to really enjoy it. It's always great talking with you, Herb, and catching up on all the great transformations you've made since we launched your life transformation through Goal Achievement Journey back in 2017. As I recall, when we were first introduced, I could sense that you had a constructive discontent with things the way they were in your life at the time. Not that things were bad, just not lining up with your inner desires. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about what was going on in your head at the time? Yeah, so for for me, uh, you know, there were two areas of life. There was, there was... You, you focus on work and you f- focus on personal mm-hmm. and and that's where my mind was and and I and at the time I thought I was doing very well in both of those areas and, right? and you were you were you know <laughs> you were accomplishing goals you were a successful professional yeah you had a beautiful home you were in a great relationship yeah. you were physically fit so it wasn't like you weren't accomplishing goals but I could just sense that you knew there was more and and gaining access to it was difficult yeah yeah that's exactly what it was I mean <laughs> And, and, and so as we started our conversation, I introduced you to this idea of reality shaping and how I think of reality shaping. It's like, uh, you know, you have a lump of clay and it's just a lump of clay until you begin to sort of move it around and pinch here and twist there. And before you know it, you can shape it into anything you want it to be. A giraffe, you can make it an elephant, you can make it a rabbit, you can make it the Eiffel Tower. You can make a lump of clay, anything that you want to shape into a new reality. Mm-hmm. So for you, what does reality shaping mean? For me, is is changing, changing your mindset. Uh, so, so we we know all these things that we know, <laughs> and we don't know all these other things that we don't know. Mm. And because we we have that, we we have to come to uh, some point where we realize that we don't know those things. And when we realize that we don't, then we get to shape our reality. Right. Yeah. So those there's things that you can use. I think what you're saying is there are things that you can use as tools that you're not conscious that you could use as tools. Correct. Correct. Right. Correct. That brings me to uh, one of the books that I work with my clients on. And in fact, it's the first book that I have my clients read, if you recall, what to say when you talk to yourself. And in that book, uh, Shad talks about these four life stages of, or these stages of development. The first one is this stage of unconscious incompetence Mm -hmm. this is where you don't know what you don't know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you knew it it could make a difference in your life but you don't know that it exists so therefore you don't pursue it because you don't even know that you could right the second stage he talks about is the stage of conscious incompetence that's where you wake up and you have an awareness that you have a deficit some knowledge, some skill, some tool you don't have that if you had it and could use it and master it, it might make a really big impact in your life. So this is a level of conscious incompetence. Now, knowing that you could do something and doing it are two different things, right? I agree with you So <laughs> every person has to make that choice, that decision as to whether or not they're going to commit to take action to move into the third level of this framework. And the third level is conscious competence. It's where you use your conscious mind to learn how to be good at that thing that you, you just thought about that you didn't know how to do. And then once you master it, you move to the fourth level, which is 
unconscious competence. Let me give you a great example. You know, if we, when I was young, I wanted to drive a standard shift car. I learned on an automatic, but my brother drove four speeds, but I didn't know how to drive a four speed. Mm-hmm. So when I made the decision to change, the decision to say, I think driving a four-speed transmission is going to be really very sexy to the women uh, uh, and uh, be a hot, fast car, uh, then I think I can go ahead and learn how to do that. Right. So I get behind the wheel and I stalled the car repeatedly. It took everything in my mental concentration to be able to have one hand on the steering wheel, have one hand on the shift lever, have one foot on the clutch, and have one foot on the gas and make the car go all in unison. But after about two weeks, I could do it on autopilot. I had mastered how to drive a standard shift car. And so I could be with the top down in that convertible with Born to be Wild blaring on the, on the radio, a Big Mac in one hand, a Coke in the other, and driving with my knee and shifting gears because I have the program now. Right. And right. so this is really key in this whole idea of learning what you don't know, yes. becoming aware of what you don't know, and then learning how to know it, yes. mastering the knowing of it, and you're going to talk about this later, I think, putting it in your unconscious mind That's right. to where it just happens. That's right. Is that a key point? It's the point. <laughs> oh, it's the point. <laughs> Listeners, Herb has said that is the point. So as we began our work together, I introduced you to the eight areas of life in which we concurrently live, meaning all at the same time, all the time, we're living in these eight areas of life. And on an earlier episode of the podcast, I defined them. But I remember that you had an immediate and positive reaction uh, to these eight areas, which are spiritual, fitness and health, self-improvement, personal development, coaching, uh, academic pursuits. That's all in self-improvement, improving your mind, putting in new programs so that your body can do new and different things. Um, Relationships were the fourth area of life. Vocation, work, career, business, that's the fifth area of life. Financial, that's the sixth. And lifestyle, how you live, where you live, what you drive. That's the seventh area of life. And then this whole idea of recreation, of stepping out of the other seven areas, taking a big ass vacation. Maybe you go to Egypt and you lay at the base of the pyramids and you go, how did this all happen? And why is it here thousands of years later? You marvel at something that you don't see every day. And as you're thinking about that, you can marvel at your life in the other seven areas and think about what you want to create, the pyramids you want to build that will stand the test of time. When you check back in, this is really important recreation. And I know you took some really interesting trips to Mm -hmm. to work on that. Mm -hmm. But these were the eight areas. And you had this immediate and profound, very positive reaction when I listed them out. How did that resonate with you? What was going on in your mind when you saw that? It goes back to what we talked about, you know, before, right? I I had this idea of work and personal. And when I realized that there was more, I felt almost dumbfounded back to the point of you don't know what you don't know. Wow. Wow. (laughs) It was that powerful. Yeah, it really was because... Because I had spent, I mean, at the time, and you know, you know, right? I was spending, for my personal life, I was spending so much time in the gym. And in my mind, I was so happy that I was spending all this time in the gym. Until I realized, like, 
this is not the only thing. Right. <laughs> there are other areas of life. Right. Yeah, you were kind of, we'll say, you were over-invested in the gym. Right, I was. And, and at the expense of the other eight, uh, seven areas of your life. I, I, you weren't traveling, I remember. You were taking vacations like right. you started taking that's vacations right. or these recreation trips. You weren't living the lifestyle that you wanted to live in terms of really how you wanted to live. Right. You weren't driving what you wanted to drive. You were that's driving right. something that you liked, but it wasn't really the desire of your heart. There were some other things. We'll talk about that. But so you had now this frame, a little bit more granularity to look at your life with. And that lens is very insightful, isn't it? Yeah. And you know, Mark, I will say, you know, on the recreation part, I remember my first trip. (laughs) My first trip was to the beach. I love the beach. And I sat on the beach and I read a book. It was, I, I can't put it into words. Wow. Right? Wow. Like, yeah. I sat in a hammock, then I sat on a lounge chair, and I was reading a book, and I enjoyed it so much. Right. I had time to think. It was, I mean, that was just... Transformative. Yeah, yeah. It, it really was. It yeah. really was. That's why this program is life transformation through goal achievement. Right. So you wrote the goal, go take a beach vacation. That's right. Then you took the <laughs> actions to make the beach vacation appear, materialize in your future. You shaped your future reality starting in the present by making some decisions and choices and booking some reservations and setting aside some time and buying some books to read. And then the date on the calendar showed up and you were on the beach. That reality you created. We I talk about reality shaping and time surfing a little bit in some of the other podcast episodes. We're going to keep moving now because there's so much to unpack here. <laughs> so in an earlier podcast episode, I contrasted SMART, which are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-constrained goals, with what I teach. I don't teach SMART goals. I teach SMT goals, specific, measurable, and time-activated. These goals, as you know, her eliminate achievable and realistic from the whole frame because there, to think of something that is achievable and realistic today is to impose the limited thinking, limited thought frames that you've been socialized into yes. on your ability to set and achieve goals. And you're not going to set and achieve big, audacious, break out of your box goals if you are afraid of the achievable and realistic not being attainable for that goal. It just right. isn't going to happen. Right. So when we take those out of the way and you can define these big life transforming goals, you go places in life, you do big things, you create big experiences, and you live a happier, more fulfilled life. Can you share with our listeners how you approach this shift in your thinking and which reading assignments had the greatest impact on the shift away from this whole idea of SMART goals to SMT goals and why that was better? Okay, so starting with the the first question that you asked there, right? What was the the shift for me? Uh, Again, back to my, my box that I was in before, right? Uh, at work, I was successful when I started the program. And at work, we use SMART goals. Ah, yes. We use, I mean, this is our model. That's the framework. This is what it they is teach corporate us. America. They yes. teach SMART goals. This is what they teach us, SMART yeah. goals. And, 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 you know, I had been using SMART goals in my personal life as well until I realized SMART goals don't work for your personal life. Because again, if you're in that box of what you think can be achieved, 
that's all you're ever going to achieve. Right. right? Exactly. And, and what we know exactly. is that people have a very small view of what they think can be achieved. Exactly. Right? Yep. It, it, it's the, how do you call it, the, the, the mediocreness of it all. I, I that's mean, a great way to describe I, it. That's right? a great way to describe it. It's, it's, the so, it's the result of the socialization process. I mean, when you go to school, for example, you might have a desire in your heart to play music, but in music class, you can't sound a note, put two notes together that sound reasonable. So the music instructor says, I don't think music is for you. That's right. Well, no music instructor, you're just not the instructor for me. That's right. I have the gift of music in me. That's right. I want to express that. I'm going to express that. I'm going to express that by a certain date on the calendar. I'm going to make it specific, measurable, and time constrained. You told me it wasn't achievable for me. You told me it wasn't realistic for me. And I believed you. So I never became a musician. That and and you know that that, that's such a great example, right? Because I, I guarantee many of your listeners can can think about a number of situations where they've had that. And, and you know, it, it brings me to, my, to the next question, okay? So next question you, you asked me was, what was the, the reading assignment that had the greatest impact? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna go for two here. Okay. okay. So the first one, and reading it in this order. Because <laughs> it's important, it's, it's important. your interview, I'm just saying you uh, Feel the fear and do it anyway. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Feel the fear and do it anyway. I think that is as self-explanatory as it can get. Mm. Read that book first. Read After that. you finish reading that book, move on to this next one. Okay. This next one, we can expound on. Okay. Jonathan Livingston's Seagull. Okay. Jonathan, JLS is in the house, people. Yes. So this one. All right. This one is an easy read. It has pictures in it. One of the most powerful books I've ever read in my life. Mm. Seriously, one well, of the well, most. Why, why is that? What, what did it do for your thinking? It, and by the way, notice I did not have you read it first. It's not I the know. first book in the series. It's you not. have to get to a place where you're ready to hear the story yes. of Jonathan. Yes, it, it, it is. You, you have to be in a mindset where you're willing to accept what the book is saying, right? What, what the, the, the concepts that are coming across in the book, it, it's really talking about, just as Mark said, Right, you, you have a music teacher. Your music teacher says, "Oh no, you're not good at this." You're saying I'm not good at this. That's not necessarily the truth. That 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 doesn't. It that has no reality. You think this is reasonable, right? But it's not. Right. That's your what reality. You're not is mine. not. <laughs> See, you, I, I say this. I have a four-minute. You know, I have that little four-minute recorded uh, video on my website, uh, and in it, I say, um, oh, "What is it?" You said that it's your your reality. Oh, you! I say you have to see yourself as legendary. You have to become right. a legend in your own mind right. before you can become a legend in your own time. That's right. You have to become Lady Gaga in your mind That's right. before the world can receive you. Yes. Before you can manifest and express the gifts. Yes. That is really essential, and that's what you're saying. Yes. That music teacher does not know the gift and the purpose that you have been blessed with, the seeds that sit beneath the soil that you are cultivating. That's right. And that comes from the desire. People, we're going to have part two and three of this interview, (laughs) I can already tell you. So let me just apologize for that. But, but, But it's so great to have this conversation with her because so many of these principles and concepts that I've learned myself and I've taught so many other people and I see the manifestation in my own life 
he's applying in his and I get to watch. <laughs> you know, I've coached people around the world, but, but Herb lives in the same city that I live in. And so I get to watch. We're going to talk about some of those big accomplishments, but this is really powerful. Those two books are great choices um, from the list. Herb, do you remember when we conducted the Balanced Life Goal Assessment exercise and you created that, that eight-lane spider diagram? eight dimension spider diagram that had each one of the areas of life and it helped you visualize in a concrete way the shape of your then present reality of life across all eight areas you remember that i remember how did that picture <laughs> I, I remember your reaction I remember. but how did that picture inform your motivation to reshape your life into the shape of your dreams yeah so kind of like we talked you know before when i i had that epiphany <laughs> that life wasn't just about career and personal mm. <laughs> right in those two things uh we did that exercise and um uh if you can talk about it a little bit later with your listeners maybe but but basically it's basically scoring your life in these eight areas and it, it turns into a wheel and I didn't have a wheel. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I remember that. I remember that. But you know, that's a key point is the whole idea that we walk around in life in our bodies. We're, we're right, like right up in our eyes, right in our face is our life. We don't have any um, perspective on ourselves. We carry ourselves with us everywhere we go. So we can never get disconnected. Even yep. when we go to sleep and we fall asleep and we're thinking about things, we're thinking about them inside of ourselves. Right. But when you do this assessment, when you come up with the Nirvana state perfection, if you could achieve it in every one of the eight areas of life, not any constraints, don't judge whether it's good or bad. What would you have perfection be for you in each one of those eight areas of life? And then you step back and you honestly rate yourself on a scale of zero to five, with five being that achieved nirvana state and zero being you're a zero yep. relative to it. Yep. When you rate yourself, then you connect those dots around those eight areas and that wheel does not spin. Yep. It, it clops or it's just stuck on fitness and health, as was your case. I mean, you had the physique, <laughs> you had the body, you were going to the gym, but you, you see, we only have, see everybody, I talk about this, there's another great book, How to Live on 24 Hours a Day. Everybody gets the same 24 hours a day. Yeah. And we time slice that 24 hours. So if we spend eight of the 24 hours in the gym, we only have 16 hours left for anything else. That's right, that's right. See, we don't get more time. So what we have to do is be wiser about getting more for less invested. Yes. Right? Isn't yes. that the formula for life? More right? for less invested. So we want to distribute our time out so that we can balance out our accomplishments in each one of the eight areas, amplifying each other, and then the wheel rolls. Because if you're a four and a half, a three and a five, and a and a four and a four and a four around that wheel, that's closer to a well-balanced wheel that's gonna roll. That's right. You're gonna have a more um, seamless, a more satisfying, a more, uh, you know, uh, uh, pleasing, happy, happy, happy life experience. <laughs> yeah, you are, it's exactly right, happy is what I would say. And, uh, and that's really powerful. Um, you know, so now, Herb, it's been five years since we started this journey. This is true. And uh, can you share with our listeners a little bit of insight into how you've remodeled your life reality over those uh, five years? What big things have you accomplished which bring you pleasure and joy that you feel like you never could have accessed 
before we did our work together? Well, okay, so I, I have two things. One is like my my personal project me, and then the other one I think people can 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 really relate to a little more. Uh, so the first thing is the real estate investments, right? I am no longer trying to be a real estate investor. <laughs> you are. I am not trying yes. to be you a real estate addresses. investor. I've seen them. <laughs> you have the addresses. I am yes. a real estate yes. investor. Yes. And, and that, that, that achievement has just been mind-blowing. Because it wasn't hard, was it? No. It wasn't hard. No. It was easy. No. When was... we first talked about this, it was a mountain and you were a Joe versus a volcano. You know, the volcano was huge and you were just little Joe. And when we first talked about it, That's but right. then you picked up your first book and you began to study it out That's and right. figure out what you needed to do. That's right. And, and one step at a time, the one, two, three plan, one, two, three, one, two, three. We talk about that in another podcast episode of Note to Self.